0: Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Sarah Johnson. She's a, a mental health therapist and consultant here in Minnesota, and uh, she also... I, well, hi, Sarah. Hi. Well, you, you weren't entirely able to define what it is you actually... I suppose you know what you do professionally, but you don't know what you want to say you do.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, When you mentioned what the program is about, you said it's it's really about what, what, you know, what you do. And, and that question immediately, like, made me see, like, bright white light in front of my eyes, because it's kind of hitting on the crux of my current emotional state, which is, I don't know, probably very age appropriate, like figuring out what what I what I do. Yeah, exactly. What what do I do? That is kind of the question. Um, or maybe more, how do I be? How do I? Yeah, do I, I, I kind of yeah. like that question. Yeah. I think
0: uh, I, I was thinking the other day about how from like high school on, we start thinking about what we're going to do mm-hmm. and how we're going to succeed. And ultimately, that all comes down to how we're going to make money. Right. And and we end up being told to define ourselves by this job or by how we earn our income and how much income we make. And it kind of depressed me because I've hit a point where I make enough money to live mm-hmm. and live happily. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have to you know sweat things like credit card bills and everything. But I don't make a lot more than that. And I'm fine with it. And I feel mm-hmm. like everything that I had kind of stressed about up to this point is not really worth the stress. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting um, mindset, I guess, that we kind of force ourselves into.
1: Yeah, and I I, I agree with that. I actually work with teenagers um, for the bulk of what I do for my paid work. And so I think you're right. Like that question of what are you going to do with your life? Like anytime I talk to a young person and say that they just groan because that's what everybody is asking them. And it's a tremendous amount of pressure, number one, because why should you know what you're going to do with your life? You don't have to know that. Moment to moment, you'll figure it out. But I I, like thinking about myself, I I came from a family of doers, especially my dad, who I admire so very much. And and, you know, he's just go, go, go mode like always super hyper and that's totally where I get it and and the disadvantage of that is I think I'm I'm pretty wired for feeling like I'm supposed to be doing something all the time whether it be work or in my free time doing 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 and it's it's at the expense of kind of knowing well why am I doing that and what is what is, how does it serve the universe how does it serve me and I don't know. Then I get kind of lost with who, who actually am I in amongst all of that. So that's kind of the, that's basically welcome to my existential crisis.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to back up and say that we we live in the same town. I can with thanks to the suicide trails that run down from the hill where I live. Mm-hmm. I could get to your house in about a minute and a half on a bicycle. Yep. But I never knew you until we met on Facebook.
1: I know. And I love that.
0: It's kind of weird. Especially given the size of this town,
1: right? right.
0: But I think that I don't know. Facebook actually served a kind of a abstraction layer because I don't go out and meet people. Mm-hmm. I don't know my neighbors, and I like it that way. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, we we met because we thought <laughs> each other were funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. In our
0: sarcastic, dry humor in mm-hmm. in the Facebook comments that we leave on other people's posts randomly yep um, and i I quickly came to appreciate uh especially your profile pictures, which are generally what like uh odd pictures from like 1920 s swimmer catalogs or something,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like um. a slice of bacon on a plate or you know what really whatever they're they're my own little personal joke with myself always. Um, they always mean something to me, and usually most other people would not know what they meant outside of appreciating that they're interesting images like I I like weird images or or beautiful images
0: so and that's what I quickly learned about you is that you like weird you're attracted to oddities Mm -hmm. but that's not you don't do it to be somebody to be quirky you do it because that's what you like yeah and I that that if you were the other way around If you chose those as profile pictures because you wanted people to think of you that way, Mm -hmm. it would feel different to me. It would feel like a shtick. But in your case, it doesn't. And so the point of this is I don't think of you as uh, I don't don't think of you as your professional self. You are always around town. I see you on your bicycle every day. Mm -hmm. And I think of you as someone who is very active, very artistic, very creative and I honestly, if someone had asked me before this podcast what you do, that's what I would have said. She's energetic, creative, and she's an artist in her own right. And I, 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 I don't think that your professional life defines you the way it does some people.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. Well, and you know me in this life. I, I kind of live a double life because I work in this town. I or I live in this town. I work in a different town. Um, so it gives some division for me that way. But I really do think, I, I thank you, I have to say. I appreciate how you're describing me because that actually does help answer my own boring question of who am I? I, I think you're right. I think it, I want to be about adjectives and not about verbs, if that makes any sense at all. It
0: does. It does,
1: and, and I like that. Yeah, those are the adjectives that I, That's that's how I want to live. And so you know, the details of how I make money or, which really the money piece is the absolute last thing that is important to me about my professional work. I love what I do. I, I, I am so tickled by teenagers and the way their brains work and the ability to see them make new connections with the world and the universe and shift up how they're operating. And I I just, I love that. I dig that so much. And I'm I'm very much prevention-minded and youth development-minded. Youth development-minded. That's really hard to say. So I, you know, I like kind of looking at the big picture. So I love what I do, and I think the words you used to describe me—creative and energetic—those are those actually describe me in my professional life and my, like, all of my lives, I guess.
0: So therefore, defined by adjective, not by verb. Exactly. Yeah. I think. I think that it would be an entirely other episode, but I, I am fascinated by the teenage brain, not in a way that it mm-hmm. makes me gleeful, but the idea that it's the last point in a person's life where they can truly change their mind uh, where, before things kind of solidify and the pubescent mind, it's forced to change. It like goes into a certain amount of turmoil Mm -hmm. As far as the decision making process and uh, and passion drives a lot more of the thinking. So therefore, you're already in flux and it's easily bent and shaped either good, like to your benefit or not. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear someone who works with that every day. That would be a good conversation to have.
1: Yeah, I would love to have that conversation and it, you're you're actually not quite right because um, brain science has started to figure out some really, really cool stuff. And, I, you know, again, I'm a big picture person. I do not retain details or numbers or <laughs> like where research comes from. But I can tell you that we know that the brain has way more plasticity than we thought. Like we've kind of used to think, oh, you turn 18 and then you're done. You're done cooking. And that's really not the case. And adolescence is really looked at more these days all the way up to like 24. Our brain is in that like gigantor um, development stage really akin to what it's like when we're first born. So the amount of synapses and the amount of just like sizzle that's going on is really equivalent. Like you're right, that's an amazingly fascinating time in terms of what the brain's doing and what it's learning. Um, But there's tons of science that says us older folks, and even as we age beyond, can can really change our minds. And some of that's part of what I do with my work too—that meditation and mindfulness stuff can really rewire, do some rewiring, which is kind of remarkable. Yeah. That being still can can actually change your brain.
0: Yeah. At any, I, uh, at any point in your life, yeah. I um I'll be I think thirty seven this month, and uh Happy I birthday. if you had told me five to 10 years ago that I would ever be a huge fan of certain pop music, I would have laughed at you because I, in my Mm -hmm. teens and twenties, I was very rigidly set. It was, Mm -hmm. it was rock and roll and it was punk rock and, and nothing else. Yep. And now like I have this huge appreciation for Rihanna that (laughs) surprises me, but I can, I can honestly say that my brain has accepted that. And that is Seriously, for me, a major shift in, in my thought patterns. Mm-hmm. I, I I would have to say that the idea that the brain freezes at 18 is definitely antiquated. Yeah. But anyway, w- one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is uh, small town life.
1: Yeah. You've moved
0: around a lot, but you've been in Winona for, I don't know, uh, like 10 years?
1: 10, 15 years, something like that.
0: Yeah. And and I have been here for 10 I moved here in like, uh, well, I went to high school in this town, but oh, then yeah. I moved off and I came back at like, I think 22, 23, something like that. But I've been here for a while, uh, at least 10 years on, on this, this go around. And I came back because I was looking to escape certain lifestyle choices that I had made that large cities facilitated. Sure. And then I was here for a couple of years and suddenly realized I liked it. I didn't want to go back to metropolitan life.
1: Yeah. So what is
0: it for you that what made you move here and what makes you like or dislike it here?
1: Yeah, these are all good questions. Um, and there's a multitude of answers. Um, what led me here is... Uh, short answer is probably family. Triangulating back to family and being near parental type folks. Um, but really, cosmically, what led me here, I think, is just a step at a time of kind of how I live. I, you know, I don't. Back to that question of what do you do? What are you going to do with your life? Like, I've never been one who said this is what I'm going to do, and so I'm going to find find that, and then I'm going to move to that place. I just do whatever the hell. What? Excuse me. Whatever I would like to do, and um, I end up where I end up. And then if I love that place, it turns out to be my place. And that's really been the case with with Winona, little this little teeny tiny teeny tiny town that has so many weird, interesting little treasures to it. And so when you said, "What do you like about small town?" I was thinking, just okay. So I'm sitting. In my house, gazing out my window and watching a beautiful blue jay land on my mulberry tree with that has like beautiful red and purple berries on it on these glossy green leaves, and the combination of colors is killing me. And that's that's just me sitting staring at my yard. Um, Then, if I want to, I can just hop on my bike and do a million things like nothing or go somewhere (laughs) or, or not. I I think
0: developing an appreciation for nothing is a major part of learning to enjoy small towns.
1: I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and then there's, but then there's also something, you know, like last night I hopped on my bike and I got to watch the um, Minnesota symphony play Beethoven in the park and I just sat there and watched the sunset behind them and all of these people. I'm looking around this crowd of people who have, you know, they've dug out their lawn chairs and they're carting them across the lawn and sitting and listening to this music in the park. And looking around, I don't know a soul. It's this teeny tiny town. And I'm thinking, where where do all of these people come from? Who are these people? How do I not know them in a tiny town this size? And how awesome is it that we're all sitting here listening to this music Just in the park. And I can see my house almost from where I'm sitting, you know, and I don't know. With absolutely
0: zero trains to get there.
1: Yeah. And I love that. And so last Monday, I took Monday off because I just needed to. And I, I biked around for a while and then I got a membership at Lake Park, $10 for an annual membership, which, you know, what a hardship, 10 bucks. So all year I can paddleboard or kayak or canoe or ice skate for free for the rest of the year. So I just paddleboarded for a while, did that. And then what did I do? Oh, and then I walked out my door of my house and took a run on the, on the miles of hiking trails behind my house. And then just like, texted a friend and was like let's go get incredibly delicious food at a restaurant my friend owns biked down there and ate really good food so that's why i love a small town
0: i I wish we had more than one restaurant with really good food
1: yeah well Well, we do i wish we we had
0: more than one in that price range yeah yeah we have some nice restaurants but
1: we do But I think the biggest part for me of this small town, like why, because I've been going through some pretty major life transitions in the last year or two, the reason I'm not thinking about moving away is because the people here, like my people are here. Yeah. Like they get me. And I don't know how I found them or how they found me. I mean, like you, Facebook, like what, in a tiny town, we get to be friends on Facebook. But... (laughs) Just all of these people in this town and then all of these people I don't even know. Like, thinking about the people I was looking at yesterday, there's got to be a bunch of friends in there, too. I just haven't—we haven't interacted yet.
0: The idea that there are new people to meet is, for me, a differentiating factor. Like, if you go to uh, New York Mm -hmm. and you go to any borough and any, like, five-block neighborhood in that borough, you get the same kind of community in a lot of those places— Yeah, but you also have a very finite, a finite amount of potential, and there are a lot of kids in major cities that never leave uh, like a five to ten block radius, and it becomes, you know, a small town basically. These these neighborhoods become small towns, but Winona, by comparison, has that effect more spread out. There's always parking. Yep. <laughs> you never walk more than a block if you want to drive somewhere and you don't have to drive everywhere. you don't
1: everywhere. have to drive. Right, right.
0: Parking and, and no traffic ever. I I can't remember the last time I saw a traffic jam on the highway here. Right. And it just overall, it's such an, a laid back lifestyle, but it does offer that kind of community, a flexible community where you, you, have, you have enough options in, what are we, like 25,000 people? Something like that. You have enough options to choose your friends. Mm-hmm. You're not forced to play with the the kid down the street. You can go out and find like like-minded people. Yep. Yeah. The art scene is surprisingly Minnesota in general. Yeah. Every city surprises me with with its art scene. Totally. But rocks. Winona has a very burgeoning creative set of people mm-hmm. who like who put on events, who put on shows, and who just kind of they riff off each other in a way that we constantly have new art whether it's music or painting or performance art we have great college uh performance art programs mhm yeah i i think there are a lot of benefits to this over i mean cuz you could see a bird in a tree in a city right of course but you'd be within a fenced in backyard yep and it's different to me yeah and i never thought i would like this much like i never would have guessed i'd like rihanna but <laughs> i guess i uh my, I was here out of necessity mm-hmm. and then just decided to stay because it turned out that I actually did appreciate it once I hadn't kind of normalized to the idea of not having uh, subways and <laughs> bus systems. Right.
1: But, you know, we can go visit those. That's the other cool thing is this particular small town is near other big towns that are great that I don't have to live in, but can really enjoy. Yeah. Without really having to go too far out of my way
0: and those trips to the bigger towns always make me glad to come back home
1: yeah I can hop on a train and ride a train for a day and a half and be on the west coast and be in love with where I am and then I can just be home again and it's this I just always get excited about coming back to this little town
0: do you travel much by train I love traveling by train I keep wanting to but I I haven't actually found a reason to yet uh, there's that. The reason is to do it. That's that's the reason. Except you need that, like uh, you need to have like a twenty four hour window to arrive. in. Uh, because you never know how many how many tens of hours it will be behind. Yep. Um, and that's never worked well for my travel needs. But I want to make a trip where I can afford myself that flexibility. Yep. So that I can do it on a train. I'm thinking so about going be. east coast. I wish there were more north south. Yeah. Rails. But
1: that would be good. Yeah. I wish we had trains all over the place. I that's I love traveling by train.
0: I would just take a train to the East Coast, except for I have like a big credit with the airline that I need to use Mm. to fly Mm -hmm. coach to New York. I hate coach. I I think I'd be better off on a train.
1: Oh, you totally would. You can walk around on a train. I know. Go to the restaurant, you can look at stuff. Yeah. The seats are comfortable. Yes. I always have very romantic visions in my head the whole time
0: I'm on a train. Well, uh, Amtrak for a while, I don't know if they still do, but they were offering these kind of, I can't remember what they titled them as, but you could apply as a writer, as an author.
1: I saw that. And you can just travel the country and write. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) That's so romantic sounding.
1: I would like to actually do some music on a train, just like be gigging the whole time, you know, stopping places and playing for a bit on the stopover and playing in the dining car. Like, I think that would be
0: great. <laughs> that was my first thought when you said that is, you know, like you'd have a house band in every car. Yeah. Oh, be <laughs> so fun.
1: I'm going to make that happen.
0: I I suggest you contact Amtrak right now. Yeah. That, hey, that's maybe one of my top picks is Amtrak. Well, speaking of top picks.
1: Well, what a we, segue.
0: <laughs> we are at a point where we could uh, kind of transition to that. And uh, I think this is going to be an interesting set of top picks. <laughs> so the way this works is we do one at a time, back and forth, round robin. And you get to start with whatever you want. To, they're not ranked. This isn't in order.
1: Okay.
0: Three things. So you can go ahead and start with the first thing that you think is cool right now.
1: Well, now that we're talking about Amtrak, that's, I'm thinking about traveling by train. So and I, I had some ideas of other ones. I mean, do you feel like I can use Amtrak or I feel
0: like you can use anything travel? you want. There are very few rules on this.
1: Okay, this is good. So I'm very rule oriented. Um, not really. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with train travel and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a shout out to Amtrak because that's the travel I have done um, for the most part on train. Um, And I think, I think they need to help me with a trip to the West somewhere this fall. This is just, I'm just coming together, thinking about sitting on the train in the dark with my headphones in, listening to my favorite jam. When I just pull out of the station, it's nighttime and I feel like I've got all the world in front of me is a band called Dark, Dark, Dark. Out of Duluth, and they're really amazing. I'm pretty sure they're out of Duluth, so I will sit and just feel like everything is possible.
0: I like the sound of that.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna do that this fall.
0: Listening to Sister Christian out of habit, but yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I, how I know prices for train travel surged after it <laughs> it plummeted in popularity for a while. Right. Um and it's a different system now than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Like I think it's a far more relaxed and less populated system.
1: Yeah. Did I think prices
0: so. ever stabilize?
1: I don't know the answer to that question. It's actually a really good question because I recall a good 20 years ago taking the train from Iowa to gosh, I think I landed in West Virginia. Virginia, And I got myself my own little solo sleeping car, which I have no idea how I could afford that based on when I look at sleeper cars. Now I'm like, I can't, that's, I can't afford that. Even though it's a good deal for what you get. I just, I don't know how I afforded that. So I don't know if the prices are still, I don't, this is a long answer to say,
0: I don't know the answer to that question. (laughs) Fair enough. Mm -hmm. I I have to look that up because if it, if, if a coach, Seat on a train compares uh, favorably with a coach airline seat.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'd be willing to take an extra day off and and leave early to take a train.
1: I would recommend it.
0: I do so poorly, especially on three-hour-plus flights. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just being stuck in a seat, and Mm. uh, it it kills me. Like, I dread it to the point where I have, at times, spent $1,000 extra just to sit in first class and not deal with coach. I don't yeah. even need the free drinks. I don't care about the service. I'll I'll often tell them not to ask me every five minutes if I need anything. Right. I just, the the space and the environment is so drastically different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I feel like a coach class on a train would actually do that for me.
1: Yep. Huh. I think it would. I, I support that idea.
0: I'm going to give it a shot. Dare to dream. That's what okay. I have to say. So, my first pick is actually going to be a set of speakers I just got. Mm. Um, I I have some Philips speakers that I actually bought after talking to a guest on Systematic about what what the ideal setup would be, and those are still my desktop speakers. And uh, then I got a great deal on these Rocket 5 monitors, and they're full-on studio monitors with amazingly good quality and range, and... Uh, fully powered, and I'm running a second USB audio device to them, and they get just amazing sound. I, I had to like set them up, you know, with the right angles and height and do all the measurements to make sure that <laughs> I was getting full use out of sure. their quality, um, which is also hard on a desk where you already have three 27 inch monitors um, right. to try to position speakers. Well, okay. How big are they? <laughs> they are about. Do you, you want to know the size of the speakers or the cabinets? This,
1: uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I well, the,
0: the actual, like the size of the box is about, I think, 10 by 10 by 14. Okay. So they're not small. They're about size of like bookshelf speakers. Sure. But then they have like a six inch cone in them that it's entirely visible and you can watch it. It has like a good half inch of like play so while the bass is going through it it just like pulses in and out Nice. It's, i like that it's a nice touch but but yeah they are they're spectacular and i, I don't like need a separate amp for them To yeah. rock, rocket r-i-r-o-k-k-i-t rocket
1: oh get it
0: <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> i was thinking rocket ship
0: yeah, well, I, really I think that's the double entendre I, there.
1: Exactly. Um, <laughs> my mind is really spinning here.
0: You you play a lot of me. You play in a band. Uh, yeah. You play in several, I think, but The Old Fashions is the one I enjoy seeing regularly. Thank you. Um, and it's a rockabilly band.
1: Kind of. I mean, yeah, kind of. We do a little rockabilly. We I, we tend to try to do kind of obscure, old-fashioned rock and roll And so some of that might be some Rockabilly stuff.
0: I think Um, a lot, if not directly Rockabilly, a lot of the stuff that you do play is the stuff that influenced Rockabilly. Yeah,
1: I think so, too.
0: To me, it all comes kind of, it comes down to that, uh, like, early 60s, uh, pre, like, real, like, before a Rockabilly scene Mm -hmm. uh, with the late 50s, like, the whole, like, vamp, mod, greaser thing going on. Mm -hmm. That music that came out of that was, it was fun. Oh, super fun.
1: Yeah. I love all of the, we we play a lot of dirty blues and, um, you know, I just love all the double entendres. So that's, I think that's why I'm so (laughs) thrilled with the rocket speakers because I just like the double meaning. So uh, we have a lot of songs that feature things about like ice cream and that's not really what they're talking about. Uh, Oh, it's so fun.
0: Um, and, and you do, uh, you have wonderful, uh, stage costumes well thank you uh, very um what w- what would you the the dresses the kind of slinky uh i, I don't want to make it sound skanky it's they're very uh, oh, elegant feel free. no they're <laughs> feel very free. they're very elegant uh, like I don't know what era they're from
1: well, I really like vintage and that's actually that connects again to why I love this small little town because we have the crazy best thrift shopping in the universe. <laughs> Like I find the most ridiculous things from I, you know, I've found things, dresses from the thirties, forties, fifties and beyond that are in incredible condition for sometimes a quarter. Literally I get most of my stuff for anywhere from one to $4. And that makes me exceedingly happy when it's a really, really cool thing and I don't have to spend any money on it. So a lot of my dresses are vintage actually. Um, And some of them might be like later, later decades acting like they're vintage, but they're still vintage <laughs> because you know, I guess time keeps moving on. Like the eighties are now vintage. So, right. Right. Um, yeah. So thank you. I, I have fun. I'm, I actually think of myself as a visual artist. So, um, even though music is so important to me and I love being in a band and I, I get the great privilege of, I just get to play with all these amazing musicians that we have in this area and I just can't believe they, they want me to play with them because they're all really good and it's really fun to, to be a part of it. But I always tend to bring the visual element and, you know, some of them understand that and kind of get that about me. And some of them are kind of like, really, why, why are you talking about outfits? And why, why are you painting backdrops? Like what is, it's music? And I'm like, yes, there's gotta be a visual element to it. Well, it it's there has performance. To be it's performance. Exactly. Exactly.
0: I, uh, I guess I, I'm not Previously, I was never a bluegrass fan Mm
1: -hmm. But one of the
0: things that this town did for me
1: Brainwashed you about bluegrass
0: Well, the, the bluegrass, the Boats in Bluegrass Festival
1: Is amazing
0: It's absolutely amazing And they brought in amazing bluegrass acts And you don't know bluegrass until you've actually seen it played I agree and and stood in the front while, like, this wave of moonshine breath washes <laughs> over you and sweaty bearded people and, and sweaty women and uh, double basses and washboards and all of this is just happening. Yep. And you can't believe that people so intoxicated could play so well. Right. And then all of a sudden it clicked for me that this was basically, like, punk rock country. Yeah. And then I was able to like immerse myself in it. And I, the rest of the year, I guess I don't, I don't play a lot of bluegrass, but I will become a bluegrass fan every time that festival happens. Mm-hmm. And then we do like the Shakespeare festival has become a big deal. Huge. Uh, yeah. We just, we, we make, we make our own entertainment and I appreciate That's true. that. Yep. All right. Well, so what's your second pick?
1: My second pick is, um, I, my second pick is really my, that question of being. So I'm just going to use the word mindfulness as my second pick. Mindfulness is like kind of a big buzzword these days, because a lot of people are catching on to the fact that being mindful has a lot of benefits. It can be a really, really good thing. And um, I, for one would say that mindfulness has saved my life on multiple times. And I had mentioned, you know, going through some pretty major life transitions and then just having this kind of existential angsty, trying to figure out who I am stuff, kind of the run of the mill, um, midlife crisis or whatever it is. Um, mindfulness is really like, I don't think I could be getting through it as well. I would say gracefully, although I'm not like the least graceful person I know. Um, effectively, how about that getting through it as effectively, um, effectively. So mindfulness is, to me, like, that's my pick.
0: So if you were asked uh, what you are being right now, uh, what, how you would summarize the concept of mindfulness, how would you uh, put that into 100 words or less?
1: Um, I would say in one word, it's about um, presence, being present. Um, and um, being in- intentionally present, and um, being aware of judgments that our brains just automatically, constantly, constantly produce. Um, so, being aware of those judgments and being able to just kind of give them some space so that you can just be with whatever it is. So, um, that sounds a little woo woo. And so, to say what that means to me in like actual real life, um, riding my bicycle is a mindfulness practice for me. So, um, feeling my feet on the pedals and watching where I'm going and seeing the clouds around me and noticing the breeze on my skin and the, the sun on my skin and what it feels like to go under a tree where I'm, then I feel a shadow, you know? So being really in that moment, fully alive is, is a something I do every day, pretty much. Um, I have a yoga practice and I do a lot of hiking and oops, I'm punching the microphone. Sorry. Um, just that kind of thing. Um, But also, and also um, allowing for emotions to be what they are. And, you know, I have a lot of happiness in my life. I am a really passionate person. And so, of course, I'm passionate in all different directions, but I, I really enjoy being happy and I enjoy laughing and all of that, like most humans. And like most humans, I think I've really struggled with anxiety or with sadness or fear or, Anger is maybe a big one, feeling like I'm disappointing people, and I really would. I think some of my doing has been a trying to be a remedy to those emotions that are uncomfortable, and mindfulness has really helped me embrace those more uncomfortable emotions um, in my day-to-day life, so that I can actually, I can find the the value in them, like what's useful about feeling. Anxious. What's that telling me, or how is that? How could that actually be helpful to me, um, versus just trying to throw it away, you know, push it away, or
0: yeah, so do, doing through it. Do you have any uh, resources for people that are interested in pursuing something like this?
1: Yeah, I the I would say the. First recommendation I would tell anyone who is interested in looking into it is see if there's a mindfulness workshop in your community or a mindfulness class offered through maybe a yoga or a meditation center or something like that, or even through the university. Because I think having, like doing some mindfulness guided with a person who knows what they're talking about and can help you, help you break it down to what it might look like in your actual life. Because there's a billion different ways of being mindful. Um, you know, people oftentimes think of just meditation and that that can be a real turnoff for a lot of people. Meditation is a form, can be a form of mindfulness, but it's not the only form of mindfulness. So I would say connecting with somebody in your community would be a great place to start. But um, there's lots of great books out there. Thich Nhat Hanh is somebody who does amazing work. Um, gosh, who else would I, I would point you... Oh, there's so many different things. Oh, I I can. Well, how about if I give you some links?
0: Yeah, that'd be great. I'll like,
1: I'll like find some of my favorites and send them your direction.
0: I will put them in the show notes. That would be awesome. I found like for me the idea of meditation is, uh, like I don't see myself as someone who does well with mm-hmm. sitting still and self reflection and things like that <laughs> or clearing my mind at all. Sure. But then I got a, uh, a series of. Well, MP3s, but basically an audio series from uh, the great courses mm. on mindfulness. And I will admit that I didn't sit through all like 80 hours of it, but it did help me understand that medi- like riding your bike can actually be a, a form of mindful meditation. The kind of observation yeah. and um, your presence is in, an, in and of itself a meditation. Like it's not sitting cross-legged on the floor all the time.
1: Yep, that's one version. Yep, yeah. just one version. And I have to say, I think you and I are wired similarly. We've, You and I have kind of talked about that before. Um, interestingly, you know, I, kind of in different parts of my life, people see me as really hyper and unfocused and impatient and other people see me as incredibly focused and patient. <laughs> kind of depends on where you catch me. And quite honestly, most of my life I've been incredibly focused and hyper and not able to sit. And that's partly what I mean when I say that mindfulness saved my life because its I've been really truly amazed at my ability to sit and, and meditate and to actually, you know, do like traditional sitting meditation, like I can do that. I'm not good at it. I don't know how many people are good at it, but I'm, I'm really not good at it, but I can do it and I actually enjoy it. So that's, it is possible to, to develop that. It's a, it's a skill, I would say. Yeah. So that's why I say if you can connect with somebody who knows what they're doing or what they're talking about and can help you fine tune it to how it fits in your life, whether it be, how you eat or, um, you know, how you doing walking meditation or actual sitting meditation or art as a form of, of mindful, whatever it is for you, there's a billion ways to do it. Just try it
0: out. Yes, I, I do. For a long time, I told guests who brought this up that it was something I wanted to try because I felt, I felt that I was having trouble being present. I can do it on a hike. No problem. I observe everything and uh and going through twelve step programs taught me to really appreciate being happy not just not just when I'm happy, just going with it, but actually saying, "Wow, this is great, I'm happy right This, this is, is why I'm day. happy. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. what I did right to get here yeah and and that kind of thing. But then once I actually started kind of working on being mindful and mindfulness in general. I can say that I've actually become. I can meditate now. I can mm-hmm. do it. Part of it is I went off my uh, ADD meds uh, in June, ah. uh, unadvised, because the health, the mental health system here is uh, makes it really hard to actually see a psychologist. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: But I I went ahead and just got off them because the amphetamines were causing other issues, and suddenly I was actually like wanting. To just go sit still i'm just gonna leave this project behind for a minute and go you know be mindful for a little bit and that Mm -hmm. has actually it's been great i love it it took me years but
1: (laughs) yeah well that's the thing i mean it's called a practice because it it's a it's about practicing it's not about ever perfecting it
0: right on all Mm -hmm. right so my number two is uh it's itelescope.net and i'm i think i've mentioned this before but I've been really into it lately Uh, for about, I think my current plan is I I spend $20 a month and it gives me access to 14 different telescopes uh, in both hemispheres of the world that I can control remotely from my computer. What? What? And uh, stargazing, now that I have this deck that juts out into the middle of my yard, which is already on the top of a ridge. It's amazing. Yes. And and I can can get a full, like, 180-degree view of the sky with just a little bit of light pollution. And so stars have become even more fascinating to me. And then I can sit down with these telescopes. And the newer versions of these remote astrophotography systems, I can actually program in, like, two days in advance and say... Uh, look up this deep space object uh determine the coordinates focus the telescope every you know this minute interval and then take exposures using these filters this many times and i can just build a whole plan out and then just walk away and come back and have deep space pictures of beautifully colored nebulae and
1: what this and is amazing constellations
0: and yeah it's it's a blast i have some really great pictures that look like something out of, uh, I've often joked that I should just have this airbrushed on velvet and hang it up on my wall because it feels like those like '80s airbrush fantastic out uh, like outer space sceneries. Yeah, and but they're real, and I can say I took that.
1: That's what I don't understand. So where are these telescopes? How do how do you like?
0: Okay, what? so with itelescope.net, which is as far as I can tell kind of uh there was an old one called the Global Rentoscope Network. Okay. Um and I believe that it kind of morphed into this new incarnation. I'm not positive, but I think so. So anyway, uh there are telescopes in I'm going to take a look at the map here. You've got uh California and uh Australia and Spain, Mexico or New Mexico. And then each one of those locations has three or four uh, different telescopes around the region available, and they range in size and quality, and you can kind of pick and choose what's going to be the best for the object you want to photograph. And then mm-hmm. obviously there are you know time differences, so there are some telescopes that when it's 3 p.m. here, I can log on and have like pitch black in Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you just kind of you plan ahead you 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 schedule your time you say i want this scope at this time on this day you get discounts for moon brightness there's a moon discount <laughs> because a full moon in the middle of your uh, your viewport will ruin a photograph even even Stupid moonlight leaking moon. from the from the outside on long exposures you, you it just you get nothing it washes
1: and that's why i've always hated the moon
0: i know so
1: so this is what I'm picturing, though. And I know this is completely, this is completely inaccurate. I'm picturing these telescopes being in like some random dude's yard, you know, and he's like, you know, storm trackers, like people who are volunteers yeah. to like, look at the clouds and call the local weather station and say, hey, it looks like it's kind of it's, it's a little cloudy. And that's what I'm picturing like that dude. Has a job, you you email him and he goes out into his yard and he points the telescope in the right place.
0: There are actually networks similar to that. But this is actually a series of educational and I guess you what they range. There's some kind of more hobbyist ones and some Uh that are actually observatories. And they're all very high quality telescopes. And you can actually control like you can move the focus from your web browser. And you can point at any spot in the sky with no manual interaction at all. You can you can That's sit funny. and you can watch the uh, the status of the like observatory. Uh, what's it, the t- the dome on the top? Mm-hmm. I I'm forgetting the term, but you can watch it open and. So this is what
1: I'm noticing about our picks. I'm noticing that your picks are about the future, and mine are about. The present or the
0: past. Well-rounded. Yeah. Okay, so what's your third and final pick?
1: My third and final pick is actually the best pick that anyone anywhere could ever have. And I'm guessing everybody actually has already made this pick. Um, but my, my final pick is my cat, Franklin.
0: Nobody Franklin. has ever picked Franklin before.
1: That I find that surprising, actually, because he's pretty pretty amazing. <laughs> he's um he's hard to describe. He's really more of a dog in a cat shaped body and he purrs. Like he's probably purring right. He's in, sleeping in the living room because he's really exhausted by being so awesome, but he's probably purring right now because I'm talking about him. This is one of the things that's amazing about him. You can just like think about Frankie and he starts purring. And he's Pretty much just the best cat ever. I did not know until Frank that cats could be awesome, and it turns out he is.
0: I've so, always been a cat person. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for Aditi, my wife, um, I m- would probably not even own a dog. Oh,
1: bite your tongue.
0: I know. See, but she knows a, this, too. She I'm loves, loves cats. such a
1: dog person. I'm a total dog person, and I just didn't understand cats. But, man, he is... He
0: is something special. I yeah, I'm a huge fan of cats. I I could pick all three of my cats as top picks. Right, mm. if, if I had to choose between the dogs and the cats, well, that would be a tough one. Yeah. But if I had to choose whether to go out to a bar or hang out with my cats, oh yeah, I would choose the crazy lady, like cat lady, and and just stay home and let the That'd... cats be themselves with me.
1: That <laughs> totally makes sense to me.
0: Has yep. Steve ever met Frank? No. What kind I'm, of a cat is Franklin?
1: Um, he's got an M on his forehead that stands for man, I think. But And then he's got stripes and polka dots. His toes are white. If this so, helps, like, I don't know uh, what kind.
0: barn, barn cat? <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what two of my cats are sure. at all. I don't know what he
1: is. He's probably a, some kind of thing. I don't know. He's got a <laughs> F- kind feline. He is a
0: feline. <laughs> uh, Steve is a Siamese, and I never liked Siamese. Um, I never knew a Siamese, I guess, until we rescued Steve from like walking around town. And, uh, and he has become one of my, I guess I couldn't say I feel the closest to him out of all our pets, but he is the one that I have the warmest, uh, feelings about because he's such a dick. Yeah. Not in a, not in a mean way. Just in that, like, he'll walk along the edge of the table, look you right in the eyes. He'd knock something off. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. just knowing. And every dog, he gets chased by every dog we bring into the house. And it took me a while to realize that he he instigates it.
1: It's by design.
0: Yeah. He'll like walk in front of the dog, stick his butt up in the air, swish it back and forth. And as soon as the dog moves, he starts running, knowing that the dog will take chase. And then he acts, he, he'll like, and act all like offended by it. But uh-huh. then he'll go and do it again yep i enjoy that i like his personality but yes cats 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 are my preference dogs are Ooh. awesome but i would i would choose a cat if i were if i were living by myself and and i could have one pet in this, the apartment it would be a cat
1: yeah yeah you need to spend some more time with frankie too because i think you will you will gain quite an appreciation for him we should so have a kitty I, played it. We should. I've been throwing house concerts, you know, and so musicians will come and play in my living room and, you know, have 40 people in my living room. So one of the first ones, he literally laid down right in front of the band, right in front of the band and slept through the entire thing.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. And,
1: And then one of the last ones, he, I think, sat in every single person's lap during the course of the concert. So he'd sleep for a while in somebody's lap and then he'd just get up and then move to the next person, sleep in their lap for a while. Yeah, like he's he's amazing. I just,
0: See, Steve, yeah. Steve is like that. Yeti will just hide in the basement until everyone's gone.
1: Yeah, well, and that makes sense. Like, yeah, <laughs> not Frankie.
0: That's why Yeti is the one that I consider my closest friend. Mm-hmm. If 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 it's okay to say that cats are friends. Oh, um, absolutely. Yep. But uh, but Yeti's personality is so much like mine. He would just <laughs> rather hang out with one or two people. But once there's three or four people, he gets like, I'm just gonna go hide. Right. Which is how I always feel. Um, all what's right. Your, what's your third pick? Did we get to your third pick? Yeah. And since we're doing, well, we didn't yet, but since we're doing these kind of uh, off the wall, non-iPhone app picks for once, um, <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to go ahead and throw the Sonicare toothbrush in there. Ooh. I, uh, I switched to it for a while, probably about eight years ago from <laughs> just like a, a manual toothbrush. Yep. You know, uh an old-fashioned toothbrush. Old
1: fashioned,
0: yeah. And uh and then I I I didn't I didn't think it was working, so I stopped for a few years and then my dentist told me I really should do that again. And I got one and it had one of the newer uh I guess harder brushes. Yeah. And they spin in a more elliptical motion than just Ooh, back and forth. Yeah. And uh and that was Perfect. I suddenly Game. stopped getting quite as many cavities. Game changer. I already have fillings in almost every tooth in my mouth, and a couple of my teeth are more uh, uh, filling than tooth. Bummer. Like my One of my very front teeth got busted off on a mic in high school. Ow. And that one is, I constantly have to get it redone because as my teeth change shades, it doesn't. Oh yeah, which uh. looks really bizarre, and it's really only the front two I worry about. Uh, I have one in the back where, if the filling that's in it falls out again, we're just going to yank the whole thing out because who cares? It's the last tooth in in the row, and I don't I don't think I need it. I might have to pull the one above it out though because they they grind and they keep each other from growing. Anyway, mm. um, but yeah, the 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 Sonicare toothbrush is. Not terribly expensive. I think it's like 60 bucks for a new one. You you I, just got one, didn't you?
1: I did. I actually have a, a really vitally important story about the Sonicare toothbrush, which is that I hate, I hate the noises and like the feeling, I, the dentist. I love my dentist. I have like the best dentist in the world, but I, ugh, I just hate the scrape. I don't like any of the dentist stuff. So when they kept saying you should get a Sonicare, or you should get a blah, blah, I just didn't want to do it. I hate it. But I finally did because I like I actually saw the look of disappointment on her face this last visit that I had. And she was like, you really need to like she's always said I have such great teeth. And it's you know, as you know, it's very important to me to achieve and, <laughs> and have have approval from people. So when she looked disappointed, I uh, I bought the stupid toothbrush. Turns out I love it, and not only do my teeth feel amazing, I'm just I'm like looking forward to my next dentist appointment because I feel like I'm gonna get an A. I, I think they're gonna do that thing with the magic numbers where they just like look at your teeth and they say three three four four two one one or oh, whatever that thing is. That, I hate what are they, I don't even know what they're doing. It's the
0: gap between the bottom of the enamel and the gum line.
1: Well
0: And so it, makes it me measures feel, it measures gum recession.
1: It makes me feel judged and I'm looking forward to being favorably judged at my next visit. I it, it is
0: nice. I went I'm from counting uh, on it. I went from a four five 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 six five four four <laughs> to like a three four three four three four. Yeah, um, solid season. And it was great, except I still always have at least one cavity. Damn it. And I brush twice a day, I floss. And mm. I can't imagine how bad things would be if I didn't do those things. So but, thank you, Sonicare. Yeah, and and then there's these they give me these uh, little they look like small pine trees.
1: <laughs> yeah. they, they're,
0: they're picks with like this uh, angled serrated rubber tip on them, and it's so much easier than trying to clean the bottom of my gum line with floss. Yeah, I can just sit and watch TV and like clean my teeth, and it's those two things together I, I had two cavities filled this week oh, and I have to say that in my everyday life barring like trips to war torn countries and whatnot in mm-hmm. my everyday small town life going to the dentist is the worst thing that I have to do
1: yeah I, I understand that
0: it's it's absolutely tooth pain and and given the state of my teeth any drilling is going to hit a nerve Mm-hmm. It, it, there's mm-hmm. not much left, but <laughs> nerve. that makes me sound like I have like a hillbilly smile, but <laughs> I do my best to keep it looking like I just a civilized your, person. But yeah,
1: smiling and your teeth just like <laughs> tinkle, tinkle, falling out of your mouth. Sometimes While you were I talking, I way. was actually in my mind, I was starting to like combine all of our top picks for like the most kick-ass, mindful train trip ever. Where so I'm like picturing I'm sitting on the train with a cat in my lap, Frankie, obviously, and I'm brushing my teeth, but somehow have connected the toothbrush to your rocket speakers so that there's this like, I don't know, I'm guessing somebody can figure out that technology and make it a pleasant experience. And while meanwhile, I'm looking out the observation deck of the train And somehow have the ability to see what your telescopes see. (laughs) So like, this is all coming together in my head as a really satisfying daydream.
0: That's going to make a really long title for this podcast, but I'm going to try to put it together.
1: I think you should. I really think you should.
0: All right. Well, so that's three and three. We've done our top picks. We've discovered as much about you, as you know, about who you are right now. Yeah. Summarized, encapsulated. Right. Um, I, I shouldn't, that, that sounded uh, derivative almost, but uh, what I mean is we've discovered that you are searching. Yes. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I think that there's a personality type that wants to be more than what we were told we had to decide to be when we were teenagers. Sure. And, and I, think, I think most people can definitely relate to that. I know I can. Yeah. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And uh, I will probably see you on your bicycle and you will be so mindful of the trees that you don't notice me waving from my, my convertible.
1: It's very possible. <laughs> it's highly likely, actually.
0: It's never not happened, so. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to link the old fashions. Is there anywhere else you want to uh, list that people could find you on the interwebs?
1: Uh, well, we're on the Facebooks and that's kind, of, that's kind of where you can find us. Unless you come to Winona and just sit down with us In our tiny little town and just get to know us, which would be really funny. Do
0: you have a Twitter account?
1: No. See, I'm old fashioned. I I don't. Uh, It wasn't an
0: accusation. I I was just curious.
1: See, it's self judgment is what's coming up for me right now self judgment.
0: I know. All right. Well, I I will will see if I can track down any obscure links. I know there's some good uh, footage of the old fashions uh, on the web because I put it there. Oh, Um, yeah. So, yeah. uh, And I am Brett Terpstra. I'm T.T. Scoff everywhere. And I would normally say I'm at BrettTerpstra.com, but for the sake of simplicity, I am at T.T.Scoff.com as well, which will redirect to my uh, oddly spelled normal URL. And, uh, yeah, this has been episode 145 with Sarah Johnson. Thanks again. Thank you. We'll see everybody in a week.